Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at B'nai Torah Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is called Rewards, Charts, Incentives, How to Motivate and Encourage, Best Choices, and Behavior in Your Children. I have three podcast regulars at the square table today, Marnie Wetzler, Lynn Sasso, and Shirley Stern, three very deliberate and conscientious moms who try to honor the individual strengths and personalities of their children. So let's find out why Marnie picked this topic and how and why the other moms encourage independence and responsibility in their children. Marnie, take it away. Hi, um, Danny is four. Actually, he'll be four and a half in June. I can't believe that. And I'm finding that this is the most difficult age for me thus far. Interesting. There's a lot of struggles with him wanting to be independent, him wanting to be in charge, and I have to constantly rein him back in. So I wanted to do this topic because I'm curious, you know, what other moms are going through, how they're feeling about discipline and rewards and how best to sort of manage it all. I love it. I love it. So let's get the intro from Lynn and Shirley, and then we'll come back to a specific question you might have about the charts, the rewards, etc. And what's, I think, really exciting for me is, yep, everything changes at this new stage. Um, a long time ago, I did a parenting chart. Actually, there are free downloads on the website, but, it, but it, what it says is, at four and five, if you offer them two choices, they're like... <laughs> you got to be kidding me. I, I know that there are three, four, and five choices, and I can rework it back to you. So here's an age where they stretch and they think and they challenge you um, cognitively in whole new ways. So, Lynn, how's, uh, what's, how's, what's this topic mean to you? Uh, I have two children. Tyler is six and Stella is four. This topic is, I'm not one for a reward chart, a sticker chart, rewarding kids for things that I think they should learn to do just for the sake of doing them because it's part of being in our family is to follow these certain rules and to have behavior um, kind of meet standards that, that we set and that we as parents also follow. Um, I've tried it a time or two and it hasn't really worked so well for me, but I definitely have expectations for them right. and want them to understand that it's just the expectations, and they have to rise to that. And generally speaking, the difference between Stella and Tyler in this situation, given their ages now, um, in terms of external motivation or expectations, is is one... How would you describe the difference between Stella and Tyler? Tyler is just a rule follower. He, he likes, like me, um, he wants to know what's expected, and he wants to know how to meet it, and as long as he's capable of meeting it, he will meet it. Right. 
Um, Stella's more like my husband, where she's a little bit more rebellious, um, a little more interested in what happens when you break the rules. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but in the end, it's one family, one set of expectations, so it's just managing how to get each of them to where they need to go. Okay, great. I can't wait to find out what your secret is for the Stella. <laughs> okay, Shirley. Um, I have two children. My daughter, Sydney, just turned four, and my son, Jacob, will be nine next month. Um, I also do not do any sort of reward charts or stickers or anything like that. I feel that they should act the way they're supposed to act on any given day. Obviously, we have hiccups here and there because they're kids, and you can't have those kind of high expectations of your kids all the time. Um, but I've found that even when I tried the reward chart, it didn't really work. It wasn't enticing enough. They, they, my kids don't really want to buy into bribes. They don't. They don't. Uh, they don't see the value in it. They don't see the value. So it never really so worked for us. Describe the situation where you tried using it, and and how and how and when it fell apart. Mm, like if Jacob had to go to the dentist and he had to get his teeth cleaned. It is what it is. You have to get your teeth cleaned. And I say, you know, after you're done, there's Subway like two doors down. I'm like, we'll go to Subway. You can get whatever you want, and then we'll go home. And he's like, no, I don't feel like doing that. Because <laughs> he knows that I probably would take him anyway, because we always do after we go to the dentist, because it's right there and he likes it. But it's not an incentive to do what I need him to do. He's either going to do it, and he's going to do it begrudgingly, or he's going to do it happily, but it has nothing to do with the reward or the bribe that's uh, coming after. Uh, and I th- and I think that I think that just accepting... And anticipating they're going to do it grudgingly or willingly is part of the secret, Mm -hmm. which is children aren't going to always be compliant. They aren't going to always be cooperative. Sometimes they have to be outright defiant. Um, And to know that you're moving them forward uh, regardless of um, that little bit of resistance, not in a power play way, but just in a, sorry, like you, you can choose to do it the easy way or the hard way. And in even that expression, I've heard children go, I'm doing it the hard way because I don't even want to try the easy way because I'm angry and, my, and I'm going to honor what I'm feeling in this resistance, even though you'll get ultimate compliance. So let me throw one tip out that I heard from, um, actually, it's very interesting because we were talking about Taravella before we turned on the mic. Um, it was the family counselor at Taravella who I have known for hmm, 40 years. Um, and he once said, if you have their cooperation, don't worry about the mumbling and the grumbling because you, they, are, uh, they are trying to follow your lead. They are trying to accept your authority or responsibility or your guidance. So if you, especially, especially with a school-aged child, if you're telling them to take out the garbage and they're like, all right, I don't want to take out the garbage. I'm always the one that has to do it. Um, and he said then just like, thanks so much. You got that out, and I really appreciate that you accomplished the task. And just ignore the, the mumble and the grumbling. And that's Rich Foss from... Uh, from Taravella, great guy. So, okay, now to Marnie. Um, tell us about how you introduced the charts, and if it was really reward specific. Tell us, tell us. So, probably almost two months ago, um, when everything started, I want to say falling apart, okay. where all of a sudden it was, no, I don't want to do that, or no, I'm not going to listen, or no, I'm not going to take a shower. So, I said, you know, what? we're going to do a sticker chart, and you're going to get a sticker during the day if you're having a good day, and then you'll get one at night. Because I figured if I only do one and he falls apart during the day, he has no incentive to be good like the rest of the night. So I'd say for a solid month, it was like the most stellar concept I had ever come up with, and I was like tooting my own horn, like, this is so great. Nobody knows how to do it the way I do. <laughs> it's working out so well. 
Um, and when he got 14 stickers, so it was like two a day, so he did it for a week. That's how kind of how we started doing it. He would get to pick a special treat. And he doesn't really know the concept of something being expensive or not. So he, first day, he was like, I want an animal from Target. That's like $4. I'm like, great. And the second week, he's like, I want a, you know, a, a guitar. That was maybe $20, but it was still kind of fine. And then my husband upped the ante a little bit. And he said, we need to be doing long, more than you know, a week. We need to do two weeks. And that's kind of when it started to fall apart. Because I feel like after... It was too, too, it was too much for him. from his successes. Right. And then he started not getting them, and then he would feel very defeated. And I was like, well, tomorrow's a new day. You can try it again tomorrow. Or, you know, even though you didn't earn it today, you can try it again tonight. So we're still doing it. It's still not... Still two weeks. Um, no, I went back went down back to, to a week. week. Okay. And it's it's working, but it's not working as much as it was when we first started, um, maybe like almost two months ago, in that I'll be like, well, you're not going to get your sticker. And sometimes I think he's almost doing it just to sort of spite me. He'll be like, okay, and shrug his shoulders a little bit. I'm like, oh, that's so unfortunate. So sorry that you're not going to get it. And I'll have to kind of do that. And then, you know, his big brothers will be like, oh, I wish I had a sticker chart so I could do stuff. And then he'll get a little bit more into it. But with him, he's very sort of, he likes to follow the rules, and when he doesn't follow the rules, he realizes. It's devastating. Right. It's, you're setting them up for failure. Right. You're setting them up, and then it becomes, it doesn't become this positive, constructive, oh, you're getting rewards for being successful, um, in the sense of, oh, it's like being a salesperson, and you're on commission, you're going to get like these nice bonuses. Mm-hmm. And some people do, there are people that I do believe in the world who do respond well to external um, motivation. I'm definitely not one of them. I'm rebellious and very, 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 um, I, I will do anything to like prove you like, I don't want that. Like, no, I mean, I will go out of my way to say, your sticker, keep it. Um, cause, cause that's dishonoring who I am and what I want from within. But, um, but I think what happens is instead of this being this constructive thing, cause it's all like, oh, reward charts, it's such a child friendly thing. It becomes punishment and it becomes this, Oh, if you don't do what I need you to do when I want you to do it, you will be punished. And, and now it's about withholding rather than, than giving. And that's where, once he figured that out, that I can fail, and I think it goes back to Shirley's thing, is no matter who they are, they can't always be cooperative and compliant because that's the nature of being a child. So, so you're still doing it because... I'm doing it because I do feel like it's helping, like overall more than it's it's hurting. You know, if it is hurting, I think it's helping. I think he sees that when he is being a very good listener, when he's following the rules, when he's doing what he needs to do, that he does get rewarded. Mm-hmm. And he sees that I'm sticking to it. Like if you don't, like if you hit your brother or you do something like that, you're not going to get a sticker. And he'll beg for it sometimes. Please, mom, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't give it to you. Mm-hmm. So it is still working, and like even this morning, he said, how many stickers do I have? Have I earned all the stickers yet? And I said, oh, you have two more. Like, you can earn them both today. And he's like, I think I'm going to do that. And I said, okay, I hope that you can. You can have, like, bonus questions on the test. Mm -hmm. Like, I can get back the points that I lost. Well, that's why I got rid of mine, because my (laughs) six-year-old was negotiating. I know I didn't get the one for this, but if I do X, Y, and Z, can I get three? Or can I get a bigger one if I do this? Or And it was like making my head want to explode. Yeah. It just it was too much work for me to maintain it. And you really have to be consistent with it, mm-hmm. which that's not me, that you know, to manage this sticker chart with and this chart was like much more complicated than Marnie's. It had <laughs> if you're do if you do something nice for someone else, if you help your mom, if you help your dad, these are all like separate categories on the chart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was just it was just too much. And then also 
seeing them feel defeated or like they failed, it just wasn't, it just wasn't working for us. Yeah. And it's, it, and I, I'm not 100% sure on, on the whole defeated failure. I'm like, which would be worse to like not get a sticker or, you know, when, when, when Shirley's son is, is going to struggle at the, at the dentist, I mean, he still knows, oh, mom's annoyed with me, mom's, you know, frustrated with me. It's not like we don't, they don't know that disappointment anyway, but, I, but either way, I think it's which is the constructive learning process and the ultimate goal for me in rewards, incentives, responsibility, all of that is what helps them with self-management. So if it's, if it's something outside of themselves that's giving them a way to say, look, I don't need to verify with mom if I'm doing a good job. I can look at this chart and go, how did I do today? Because all those times when you want to say good job, I don't really want you saying good job. I want you saying, hmm, how did it feel to do that? How did it feel to get, let's say on Lynn's chart or in life where you have like, okay, what do you have to do in a day? You have to get dressed. You have to get to school without reasonable struggle. You have to uh, brush your teeth. You know, I'm thinking the brushing your teeth might be, you know, a better one for the chart, which is, you know, just this idea of like, what's that stuff I have to do in a day? Um, and did I do it easily or <laughs> with a lot of frustration today? Then it becomes this self-monitoring of, you know, who am I? Where do I fit in the family picture? And did you make mom's life really hard today or did you make mom's life easy? Then you're building in Lynn's thing of you're part of a family and being part of a family means we're all supposed to help each other have happy days. You know, we're all supposed to make, we're all supposed to be here to help each other through it and you following the rules or doing your jobs is helping us not, not be crazy family. Sure. So, um, I don't, you know, I think it's, it can be an evolving process. Uh, where is he in terms, but now we get to the, I, I think the other thing I want to wonder about, and let me just throw it out to all of you, four-year-olds, four-and-a-half-year-olds, in hindsight with your older ones. How, how, for me, I'm under the illusion that watching something accumulate whether it's stickers or smiley faces on a chart. I mean, instead of even doing rewards, couldn't I just be doing, I don't even know if I want to do happy faces or, you know, pick out your favorite stickers and put hearts by the things you did well and put um, lightning bolts by the things that you did kind of, eh, you know, like, or when you made mommy crazy, put a lightning bolt there. You know, like, again, it's a self-monitoring, self-awareness that says I'm allowed to have cranky moments. I'm allowed to resist but if I count, what if I just count up at the end of the day, I got four hearts and two lightning bolts. You know, I'm just pulling mm -hmm. this out of the anything because I don't really know what stickers are, you know, in your sticker box. But then I can see, oh, look, I did more helpful things than, than rough things. Mm -hmm. How much does that matter to your children versus the, and I'm going to accumulate 14 stickers and go buy something? Take it away. Like, external motivation, you know. I mean, Jacob also is a rule follower. Jacob likes to do the right thing all the time when it's in his capacity to do it. Um, Sydney is the polar opposite of that. Sydney doesn't care if she does the right thing. She just wants to do what she wants to do. And, I mean, Jake is very much like me. Sydney's very much like Keith. We both recognize it really? in each other. I would have you as the... Uh... Oh, no. <laughs> Sydney is 100% her father. Okay. Stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. It's like, 
trees, apples, and smaller apples. My mother-in-law, my husband, and my daughter. Love it. All the same person. Love it. Um, so I don't know. What motivates Sydney? Uh, how, what, how do you... Okay, so she doesn't want any chart at all. She just wants to do what she wants to do. Yeah. And so let's pretend it's you getting her to the dentist or you doing that daily struggle thing, whether it's bedtime, bath time, brushing teeth. My daily struggles with Sydney are, lately, are about candy. She just wants to eat candy all the time. She wants candy for breakfast. She wants candy at lunch. Can I put Hershey Kisses in her bag? Can I do this? Can I do that? I'm like, no, you cannot have this much candy. You've lost your mind with candy. So she's always negotiating with me about candy. Anytime we're together, she's negotiating with me about candy. So... But she moves from one thing to the other. Lynn and I have talked about this before. They didn't want to wear their Shabbat dresses for a while. And it was like, it's Friday. Everybody wears their Shabbat dress. When you look around your classroom, is every girl wearing their Shabbat dress? Is every boy wearing their Shabbat shirt? Yes. So then why do you want to fight me on it? You know you have to. You know it's going to happen. So now what she started doing? She wears clothes underneath her Shabbat dress. She wins a full outfit win, win. underneath her Shabbat dress and then wears her Shabbat dress. This morning says to me, so when we get home, we're going to take my Shabbat dress right off and I'm just going to have my clothes on, right? I said, whatever floats your boat. I think it's brilliant. I mean, and, and, and I want to say, and again, it's, it's a temperament issue. So, you know, Marnie's temperament and, uh, is different than ours. <laughs> so, so you're comfortable with, uh, you know, how do I manage it? How do I control it? How do I keep it in the box? Where maybe Lynn and Shirley are like, you know what? If you can make this a win-win, I want to give this to you. I'm all about a win-win, though. <clears throat> because I really what, what am. I love about this is now she's now what happens is Sydney finds her own solution, mm -hmm. and she understands where are the parameters, where are the boundaries, where do I have to toe the line, and how do I creatively, innovatively, experimentally find that find that win-win? And so and she's gonna fail a lot of times. I mean. So I'm coming back to Marnie in a second on the how do I'm all for the the win-win the mm -hmm. and, and the other way out. But what I want to ask you is how long did it take her to get to the I can wear clothes under my Shabbat dress? How many weeks of Shabbat dress struggle did you go through and how did you move her forward before? Because you can't come up with a solution to her. No matter what you're going to choose is going to be rejected because it's like, no, 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 I don't want to wear my Shabbat dress. I don't care who's wearing the Shabbat dress. And truth be told, it wasn't my idea for her to wear other clothes underneath she it. She was 100% That's hers. just what she came up with. I think she sits in her bed at night and is like, okay, tomorrow's Friday. I'm going to have to wear my Shabbat dress. I don't want to wear my Shabbat dress. But what I'm going to do is wear something that I like, and then I'll just wear my Shabbat dress over it. And then it's like I'm not even wearing it. Fearless, powerful girls need to do it their way. Mm -hmm. and, and for her to have the... the, the the vision, the assertiveness, and the voice, voice and choice. This is what all my favorite elementary teachers are teaching. Voice and choice, not play by the rules, do it my way. If you want children to make good choices and have responsibility, they have to, they, they're, I mean, that's success. How many weeks till she invented that strategy? Maybe three or four. Three or four. So yeah. how'd you survive the three or four? I candy. sort of candy. I'm an Anderson Starburst. Oh, no, um, no, 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 <laughs> no. Um, because then we'd have the candy deal. Right? I mean, that would explain. You know, I have the fight where I'm engaging with her and we're interacting, and then my husband's like, "You realize that you're having an argument with a four-year-old? Like, you're the parent. Why are you arguing with her?" I'm like, "But she said," and he's like, "But you're gonna be forty, and she's four. I'm like, "But she said." 
So it's like I'm having a fight with her. It's ridiculous. I'm ten times older than she is, but I'm still <laughs> trying to have an argument with her as if we're two rational adults that we could just work it out. But for that three or four weeks, it's just we're in a standoff. I'm the mom. Mm-hmm. And until you find another alternative, we're going to have crazy drama on Shabbat dresses until we get to the next drama that we know is coming. Mm-hmm. My solution actually for a little while was um, pick out what you want to wear in the morning. And then five minutes before we leave for school, you have to take off those clothes and put your Shabbat dress on. So that was my solution that for a little bit. That doesn't sound like a good solution. Did it work? Yeah, it was fine. Okay. Because she got to choose what she, she wanted to wear. I off. She knows what the end result is. She knows she has to wear that dress. And, just, and there's your takeaway yeah. for the whole day, which is if you parent from who you are, where you are, internal locus of control, you really got this. So, brilliant. Okay, so I'm going to go to... Go ahead, Lynn. Because I had the same issue with the dress. <laughs> but my solution was different than yours because I told her... Everyone's going to be wearing it. Miss Nancy will be sad if you don't wear it. And believe me, she will notice. She will notice. (laughs) But if you don't want to wear it, I'm going to put it in your backpack. And if you choose to wear it later, great. And I put it in the backpack and she chose not to wear it. And I was okay with that. And do you think there was pressure from the teachers to like say, oh, your your, your Shabbat shirt's in the backpack? I mean, I don't know about pressure. I think it was... You know, hey, it's... Constructive. It's, Another right. person to be on your team. Because, I right. mean, w- when it comes to those kids who want to wear pajamas to school, you know, that's a pretty standard. I think it's in the Entitlement Free book, which is, you know what, send the clothes. Either child... You know, I support all schools that'll just know that some days they're not going to wear what you tell them to wear. Some days they're going to wear their pajamas. And once you get out of the power struggle, boom, power struggle's over. Exactly. So you sent the dress. And how many weeks did it take? It was the same. It was like are, you, are they in the same class? They're not. <laughs> I was just going to say, so the funny thing is, is that we've all separated this year. We were all together for a couple of years. We were all three in three different threes classes. Knowing now what I know in March versus what I knew in August, we are so, our children are so well suited to the teachers that they have. I love it. It's, it's really other level. Like, Marnie gets exactly what she wants from Jody. You know, she gets feedback from her. It helps her feel secure. Jody, jo- that's Jody's kind of person. Debbie's like a, you know, like a like a military general. That's what Sydney needs. Tina and Pam, you know, they're warm and they're, you know, they let you be your own person. And you do it, you don't do it, it's up to you. You know, everything's fine. I really think that our kids, it's crazy, but I really think that our kids are like with the perfect teachers for their behaviors this year. Thank you, Bernay Tara. Thank you, Nancy Goldstein. Yeah, I mean, it does. And again, in September, that didn't feel like an easy decision, I'm sure. Now it's morning. So describe the, you want him to have his his voice and choice. Um, I, I do, and I'm... Like I said in the beginning, I'm having a hard time with this age because I'm wanting him to express himself. I'm wanting him to feel empowered, but I also don't want him to be disrespectful to me or to anybody else. And that's, that's a struggle I'm having. So I'm trying to like get him now to use your, use your words. I'm saying that constantly. Use your words. There's no screaming. There's no hitting. There's no scratching. You have to use your words and tell me I'm mad. I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm sad. So he's he's trying to do that more because his first reaction, I think, is to sort of lift up his hand and sort of, you know, hit, and I'm not okay with that. Yes, yes. So, you know, I, I, I'm saying to him, it's okay to be mad at mommy because I told you you have to get out of the pool right now. But yes. you, And then he'll say, I'm angry, I want to go back in the pool, I didn't want to get out. It's, it's that kind of stuff. But as far as with the rewards, I guess, in our house, 
he seems to do well and thrive when he gets the positive reinforcement. Um, he does get upset when he doesn't get it, but I'm okay with him feeling like a little bit like, sure. oh, wow, I didn't do as well as I could have today. And then he'll always say at night, I'm going to do better tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, you know, tomorrow's a new day and some days you're going to have a struggle and some days you're not. And he's communicating a lot more about it. So, you know, I'm going to continue doing it for now. And I've even said to him, do you not want to do the stickers anymore? Like, if, they, if you don't think they're working, we don't have to. No, I want to. And I'm like, okay. So we'll continue to do them for a little bit longer. But, like, he didn't get a sticker at all yesterday. Okay. Not even during the day because he wasn't a good listener during the day. He wasn't a good listener at night. So he had to sit there while I put a line, that dreaded line, through the day. Like, oh, you don't get one today. I'm like, that's unfortunate. And then I do the other one. And he's like, maybe tomorrow. You know, I can do it. And I'm like, okay. So... We're kind of there, but again, like I said, I definitely will sort of rely on my friends who have the older children and kind of see what did you do when you were dealing with this? And did you deal with these same sort of struggles where he wants to be independent and I want him to feel that way, but I also want him to know that there's boundaries and you have to behave in a certain manner. You can't start screaming and yelling and think it's okay because it's not. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to sort the respectful, disrespectful behavior struggle from all the other stuff mm-hmm. that's on that chart. Because what happens is sometimes you get focused on the, you didn't do what I asked you to do, and I'm fighting you about that you're not doing what I need you to do or what's on your... It, and, and so you start correct, overcorrecting that rather than doing the skill building for the emotional management. So where I want you to come at him is when you start to see that you're not using your words, you're getting frustrated, you're lashing out, you're going to lose your sticker, put some constructive skill building strategies in your day so that you've got a, whoa, Daniel, pause, you know, and, and, and find a, you know, do a timeout signal and go, okay, breathe, breathe, pause. How do we do this differently? How do we do this better? How do we do this so that I can hear what you need? So that, because what happens is that other stuff kind of pushes him into the corner. Mm -hmm. And it's the paint yourself in the corner and I can't get myself out of this. You know, once you get that downward spiral, it's very hard to find your way back. So find a way, not to give him the sticker. I don't want you to give him stickers and rewards no matter what. I mean, I'm okay with frustration um, for the idea, like, I didn't do such a great job. I mean, I'm really okay with that. It's just that black line (laughs) feels, feels, you know, it's like, it's one thing to go like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. And I don't want to lose it versus I'm losing it. And that black line is coming right. You know, I mean, imagine being four and feeling the weight of that. Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with it. So, so what I want you to, and it's that same thing with, um, knowing that he needs the support for the emotional skill building. So where I want to go next, maybe, is um, when it's easy and when it's hard for them to self-manage. Because where's the secret? It's the marshmallow test. I mean, this is the, how do I delay gratification? How do I postpone my need for candy? How do I, how do I self-regulate the intensity that I have with no, 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 no Shabbat shirt or any of the other million things or yes, 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 ice cream today after school. Like, you know, it's so how do I find that? Because think and here's where the other thing I want you to think about in terms of rewards, prizes, all of that stuff is 
consider that kids in that marshmallow test, and if anybody hasn't seen it on YouTube, go look at it. The new uh, and Walter Mitchell has the new book out that just came out this year. What he's saying is all of these skills can be taught, but the, the, when you see their success in that marshmallow test video, what you see is pride at waiting 20 minutes for one marshmallow. So you don't need bicycles or even $20 guitars. A marshmallow, a second marshmallow is enough to build an inner sense of value, worth, and pride and success. So where do they do it well? Where is the struggle for their ages right now, given different personalities? I'd like to go last. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's like, what the heck did she just ask me? <laughs> Lynn. Um, I think it's definitely very different between my four-year-old and my six-year-old. Um, and even when, when your six-year-old was four. Absolutely. Very different. Yes. Very, they're very different personalities. Um, but it's, it's nice to see my six-year-old really has a good understanding and is fully participating in kind of the, the He's rules. He's patient. He's he, patient and he thinks before he acts. Most of the time. He is. Most of the time. Um, and Stella, actually, my four-year-old also is, is, is pretty good in those situations. Um, I think really it's just unpredictable little random things that throw them off. Tell more than yeah, yeah, yeah. Stella, for example, um, driving home from school, she'll say, I want um, a specific snack. You know, and I live 20 minutes from school. Like, well, oh, I know you want that snack. I know you like that snack. I just don't happen to have that snack with me today. What well, you can have it when we get home. I can bring it for tomorrow. But there is no way that I can make it magically appear in the car right now. And she will cry yeah. for 20 minutes, screaming the whole way, but I want the cookie. I want the... And... It does maybe because she's my second, and so I, I've seen kind of through to the other side. I say one time, and only one time. I understand you want this cookie. I've explained to you I don't have it with me. I've offered it to you when we get home, and I'm driving a car. There's nothing else I can do. Yeah. And if she chooses to continue to scream, I want the cookie for twenty minutes. There's nothing else I can do, and I just I'm okay with that. And I love it. Now there's wisdom in this, and the wisdom is two things. One is that. So if, you, if, if it's a constant power struggle, uncooperation thing, chances are you need to make some big adjustments in routines and, and you know, they're tired, they're angry, they're cranky, they're, you know, there's other stuff that needs to be tweaked. The majority of times, I think it is random, arbitrary, out of the blue, like, I just got stuck on this idea and, and I need to assert my voice and be crazy kid. And knowing that that's part of your daily drama <laughs> might be part of the, the how do you keep saying? Because, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. There's nothing you can do to anticipate it or prevent it. Right? Well, and there's also nothing you can do about to it when it's happening. It, but you're not supposed to fix right. it. Right. You know, you if know. you were the fixer, then they she won't know what it's like to, to go through that wild ride um, in herself um, and, and crying and meltdowns. And, and the other thing I just want to put out there for you and for anybody, it's like, as I was imagining Tyler at four, who, who is thoughtful and logical and patient um, and likes structure and sequence, there is that thing in him. He doesn't have the big, violent outbursts, 
but he has that inner emotional meltdown. Definitely. So again, kids are kids, and growing into that emotional literacy is a long, long, you know, 18-year, 40-year journey. So um, yeah, it's they're different children, but I think the emotional dramas are very, very similar in ages and stages wise. Yeah, and he's he's very much like you describe, and even still now at six, he wouldn't cry or you know have a fit for twenty minutes over a cookie. But he could be broken hearted. But he will be really sad about it, or yeah. say you know he for sports if he hits ten balls really well but one badly, it's the one, and he will beat himself up over it. And that's where you know I I try to help him through that because oh, but I was terrible, I missed that one. And we're like, no, you did, you hit 10, great. Yeah, yeah. And so for so him, that's... with yeah. temperament, with ages and stages, with learning styles, you're somehow threading all of this together with how do I self-manage disappointment, delayed gratification, impulse control. And again, that is the secret of the marshmallow test. And what do we know about the marshmallow test? The kids who can wait 20 minutes for the second marshmallow or who in time learn to, to manage the struggle of not getting what you want in that car ride home are the children who will be most successful 30 years later. Hands down, proven, unequivocal. So how we get them through that process is what each of you gets to decide individually. So, so self-management for Daniel. Where's his strengths? Um, he's very good at me reminding him like, wow, you're having such a good day or you're being such a good listener today or I love when you're a good listener. Like I constantly have to remind myself to do that because he needs to hear it where when he's just doing great things, a lot of times, sometimes I don't remember to be like, oh wow, it's really great that you're being such a good listener right now that when I asked you to go take a bath, you did it without fighting me. He likes to hear that and then he'll always say to me, he says it the wrong way, but he'll go, I welcome mommy. Oh, sweet. <laughs> and he'll nice. always say that, you know, and like he likes to be praised. And, okay, and I like to be pra- praised too. Praise is a big red flag in our world. I mean, from nursery right. shock to back to Lillian Katz in the 80s, um, praise kids become praise junkies. So you're in the same dynamic as rewards and bribes. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's also a book by Alfie Cohen, um, Rewarding Our Children. Mm-hmm. Wait, oh my gosh, I can't remember. It's Alfie, it's, it's how we're actually how it how it's, has actually the opposite effect. So what I want you to consider with the praise is, what one person said is, if you just make eye contact and smile, it's you're holding up word. the mirror that says, I see you. Because you want, you want him to, you, it's nothing wrong with saying, you're, you're, you got this, because we all want to hear it. Right. Love, see me, hear me, love me. Sure. But what I, but what, where it's tricky is, my, my validation is what you need. And so, so anytime you want to praise and go, wow, how does it feel to, to do it so well? Turn it so that you're creating an inner barometer rather than having to do it to be obedient or pleasing others. Got it. And then and then the other one is this idea of, so you, you've got the eye contact, is sometimes just, just stopping and watching, pat, putting a hand on a shoulder and going, or thumbs, you know, like a... Anyway, so just watch... watch Watch how you, watch the intention behind it. Um, praises praises easy for all of us, and and you hear even as educators takes took us decades to figure out how to get out of that praise dynamic. Good job, and then we see that other manipulative thing. I like the way so and so sitting on the carpet. Like like stop that that introduces competition, and that introduces like you know for your first for those children that want to be pleasers and rule followers, they'll they'll comply. 
but it's not going to help them with voice and choice and a sense of their own identity and problem solving and innovation. What you get, what you also though get for your rebellious kids is, <laughs> you think she's sitting? Watch what I can do instead. And then they just up the ante on you. So, so much of this stuff just works short term. So careful, 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 careful. No, and I agree. I think that that's a really good tactic. So. I'm going to definitely try to kind of like let him sort of express like how good it feels. How does it feel? How does Explain it feel to, to me. you? Right. Are you proud of yourself? Yes. There was one thing you said in, in family time years ago that I still use, and I hope, I don't know if you still tell people to do it, but it was in line with, you know, don't overpraise. It was just to say to them, I like to watch you do X and Y. I love watching you play, not, wow, you're the best one on the slide, you're the fastest on the slide, I love to watch you slide. See me or, here, me I love me. It's, I, it's, it's right. saying, I appreciate who you are, and I even appreciate your struggles. And, and the other research for praise is saying, don't praise end results, don't even praise behavior, praise process and effort. And, and all of there's that, that the whole mindset curriculum stuff that's out there is all about talking about effort because now we're building delayed gratification. Now we're building the strategies for self-management. And the other thing I just want to throw out before I give Shirley the last word on, uh, on her example is no it's upstairs brain managing downstairs brain. We all have the, the fight or flight, the scream or meltdown, the, the I'm going to either be in your face or I'm out of here. Um, and it's upstairs brain that says, okay, now I understand my emotional reaction and I can, I, and I have strategies that are age appropriate, whether it's breathing, whether it's when you watch the marshmallow test, kids tapping their feet, blocking their view of the marshmallow. How do I create strategies to distract myself from, the, from doing this thing that's really, really hard? Shirley, you want to go last? What, what does Sydney do really well um, in terms of um, cooperation and um, self-management? Um, I think Sydney is fairly cooperative when she wants to be. She also wants to do the right thing. She wants to be in line. She likes to be praised by her teachers, by her parents, whoever it is. So she seeks that out. Um, I was just thinking about it while we were all talking that, um, like, my kids sort of manage each other at home. You know, like, Sydney will say to Jacob, Jacob, you know you're not. You have to eat at the table. You can't walk around with that drink. Come on, go sit at the table. She thinks she's me. He thinks he's Keith. I don't know what's going on, but they're governing each other. And it sort of takes the burden off of me a little bit because I feel like I'm constantly telling, like, you need to do this, you can't do this, you need to do this, you can't do this. So they've heard the rules so many times that they just sort of govern each other and govern themselves. Yes. And I think both of them know most of the time what they're supposed to be doing. And most of the time they do, unless they're tired or crabby or a kid or whatever they are. You know, Sydney for sure has meltdowns because I have the wrong snack. And I think something that I've done... And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, and I know Marnie does it on some level, too. I try to anticipate everything. You know, I bring extra clothes in the car. I have drinks in the car. I have snacks in the car. I have whatever they might want. I try to anticipate it kind of selfishly so it makes my life easier so I don't really have to deal with the aftermath of what will happen if I bring cheeses instead of goldfish. Like, I'll bring both because I don't want to have this. But then they really want a peanut butter crackers that day, and I don't have that. And then I have guilt because I picked the wrong snack, and I should have known to bring that. And why didn't I bring that? I Just know they've been nothing. eating that for a while. <laughs> I do. I it's, but it's, it's, it's not in my makeup to bring nothing. I feel like it's the same thing with packing with everybody. I pack everybody. I pack the whole family when we go away. 
And I'm like, oh, and you know, I get there and I'm like, Keith's going to say, where's my black belt? And no, I'm, I think you put out something that's really valuable out there. And that is for those of us that are the anticipators of the world. This is how we manage our stress is by being proactive. And so what happens is that's a great strategy, except that sometimes it's random, it's arbitrary, and it's developmentally necessary for them to have the out-of-the-box response. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're okay knowing that you can't control everything and that your frustration doesn't escalate, like, and then, then as you said, don't beat yourself up that I forgot the right thing because there's no winning that battle. So you have to, you can, you can anticipate, but take yourself off the hook when it's all falling apart because what's this podcast about? That it's going to be really messy 50% of the time. 20% of the time, I mean, depending on whether you're at a plateau or in, on the roller coaster part of a, of a year, anything can happen. So Can I piggyback off one thing Please. that Shirley just said quickly? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely an anticipator like she is. I'll have everything that he could possibly need or want in the car. And yesterday, I didn't have his water. I didn't have a chance to come and get it. And I was, like, anxious. I was like, oh, God, I don't have his water. Mind you, I live two seconds from the school, okay? <laughs> He's going to dehydrate. Like, oh, God, oh, God. And then Miss Lily walked him out to the car and said, oh, Danny, I bet Mommy has your cold water. And I was like, oh, God. And I'm like, Danny, I don't have your water. I, you know, we'll get it when we get home. And he goes, that's okay, Mommy. And I was like... So relieved. I'm like, you know what? Like, I shouldn't bring water every day for him. That's not how life is going to be. Life is not always going to be the way that you want it. And And I think it's a lesson for him. I think we had this comment in the last podcast that you were on. Probably. And with the thing that's happening with it, whatever's happening with his rewards chart, there's two examples you've given me this week of him stepping up and showing you how capable he is. And for all the times that you think he's not going to be able to manage it, he manages it. He manages it. All right, let's do our wrap-up. This has been golden. I love you guys. Um, You've got this in a zillion ways. Um, Let's conclude with how you got this. Can I ask you to go first, Shirley? How do I have a handle on all of this? I think I just have to resign myself to the fact that it is what it is. We're going to have great days. We're going to have terrible days. We're going to have days that are half good and half bad. And I just have to take it. It is what it is. I'm not going to be able to change it with some magic potion that I have in a lunch bag in my back seat that has two apple juices and two bags of goldfish. And there's just, I, I can't. I just got to, you know, wake up every day and try to hope for the best. You know, and I'm going to add to you because when you were given your example before about them self-managing each other, mm-hmm. them knowing how clear you are about what your rules are allows them to experiment with being in the being the mom, having that voice, and that we see that in pretend play, we see it in all kinds of examples of them reliving your dramas, and and it's it is sinking in into hearts and 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 brains and bodies in a very very deep deep way. So, yeah, you got this. Um, I think I just need to remember that it's going to be messy, it's going to be crazy, and I can't control everything, and I need to let him sort of. Do more on his own and trust that he's going to make good choices while I still sort of govern him on the side. But um, it's hard for me because I'm definitely a control freak, yeah. for sure. So I, I need to just, you know, and the good news go, is, with it, go with the flow a little bit more. And as, he, as they each have the teacher they want, they should have, they have the parents they should have. Because we're getting signals here. You know, I have sometimes people write notes to each other on those whiteboards. and But, but the other thing is, you're a control freak, but you have a son that isn't going to rebel in, in the, with the same intensity as some of their children, other children would. So right. you're, you're, you've got the right son for you to take your journey. Thank you. <laughs> Lynn? Can, Can I you, just say one thing? Yeah. Yes. 
So <laughs> there's all kinds of for Marnie to say that she's going to go with the flow <laughs> yeah, is, right. is literally the funniest thing that's been said all day. I'm going to try. Marnie go is the, the most regimented person that I know. From the food that she eats herself to what she does on a daily basis to what Danny does on a daily basis to what time Danny does it on a daily basis, it is all lined up. I thought I was rigid until I met Marnie, and I was like, oh, I am I'm a creature of habit. I like to, pre- I prefer instead of rigid to say that I'm a creature of habit. <laughs> sure. I don't like using the word rigid. It, you of course guys, you don't. <laughs> you guys have the best combo of friends possible. All moms should have friends this perfect. That is for true. each other. I mean, mine is, is always the same. It's go with the flow, but I actually do it <laughs> and mean it. Um, and you know what? Look at the big picture. I have two adorable, sweet, loving, healthy children. Are they always adorable and sweet? Certainly not. But overall, life is good. They're happy. They're growing. They're moving on and making friends and doing well. So it's all good. Okay, I'm going back to Shirley. Is she really as go with the flow as she says? Because I always think of Lynn as a dot your I, cross your T person. Mm. She is a dot your I, cross your T person. She's a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just have to check. Care to elaborate? <laughs> Marty likes to All think right, she's a little bit of both. She's not. <laughs> Lynn is a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Thank you so very, very much. Thank Can't you. wait to do it again. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.